Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the Athletic FPL Podcast. I'm Mark McGettigan, you'll find me on Twitter at FPL General. Recording this episode on Sunday evening, not long after Erling Haaland has smashed it out of the park again with his third consecutive hat-trick at home for Manchester City. Captaincy in FPL is officially dead. It's 17 attacking returns and 8 appearances now for the Norwegian, 14 goals, 3 assists and 15 bonus points and it's the 2nd of October. There's one more game to go in Game Week 9, which is Leicester versus Nottingham Forest on Monday night. Hopefully James Madison will do the business for me in that one. It's a Saturday deadline this week, a little bit later than usual. The deadline is 1.30pm UK time, so there's no early kickoff next Saturday. There's European action midweek, so I'll record another episode on Friday after the press conferences for an up-to-date preview of Game Week 10. On today's episode, a quick review of the game week. I'll welcome two new members to the 59th Minute Club. Finally, we've got some new members. Update the watch list, answer 10 questions from Twitter, take a look at captaincy, not that there's much need to anymore, and potential transfers for the game week. If you'd like to become an Athletic subscriber, visit theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod to avail of the latest discount offer for new subscribers. A quick review of Game Week 9 so far. With my free transfer, I sold Anthony Gordon, so I was quite happy to see him on the bench for Everton and getting a one-pointer. Brought in Madison as his replacement, so let's see how that one plays out on Monday. 73 points with one player to go. Basically, Kevin De Bruyne and Captain Haaland saved the game week on Sunday. Things were looking pretty grim before that, as it was for a lot of managers. Saturday was a day to forget in FPL, which is often the case on the Saturday after an international break. Trippier and Martinelli were the only other players who returned any points. Mitrovic and Tony managed just one point between them. So it looks like I'll probably end up on a small green arrow. Hopefully it could be a significant green arrow if Madison could get a 10 plus pointer. But overall, in a week where a lot of people got punished by not going Haaland, a lot of people captained Salah, which was pretty viable before the game week started. I'm quite happy just to hold my rank or just climb a little bit because there's been some extreme swings in ranks in many leagues over the last couple of days. Welcome to the 59th Minute Club. Two Southampton players, Sekou Mara and Juan Larius. So welcome to the club. There was actually a lot of 58th minute appearances this season, this week I should say, and lots of 60 minutes as well. So there's a lot of people dodging mentions on the podcast. I think people have cottoned on now 
that they do get shouted out for this if they do get the 59th minute. But good to see Mara and Larios join the other guys in the club. As always, keep an eye on the clocks in game week 10. A watch list update now. No players removed from the watch list this week. So the players that remain on it from last week, the defenders are Fafana. It was good to see him start for Chelsea. Perisic didn't do much, but he's always going to be an option. And Trent Alexander-Arnold remains there, although arguably should be taken off after another poor defensive performance for Liverpool, but still haven't ruled out going back to him in game week 12. Midfielders on the watch list from last week. Foden, fantastic hat-trick. Really good FPL option now at 8 million. Going to be a very popular transfer in, even though City have the blank in game week 12. Jared Bowen finally came good for his owners. I know a lot of people went from on a wild card the week I wildcarded. I was close to it. I had him in for a couple of days. Switched to Saka in the end, which went well last game week. Overall, both players scoring similar points, although Bowen has slightly come out on top over those two game weeks. So well done if you held the faith in Bowen over the weekend. Other players on the watch list, Salah Diaz, again with game week 12 in mind. Zaha, who was my planned transfer in this week, so I'll talk about that in the transfer section. Hyungman's son, and then the forwards are Kane, Jesus, and Dominic Solanke. Players added to the watch list following game week nine. One defender, Guehi at Crystal Palace. Obviously not because they put in a very good defensive performance, but they've got that Chelsea fixture out of the way now, and the fixtures are good for Palace between now and the World Cup. Guay's only 4.3 million, cheap and cheerful, good option. You don't even have to start him every week, a good bench pick. Almiron and Willock joined the watch list from the Newcastle midfield. Willock's caught my eye quite a few times this season, in particular on the match of the day highlights. Always seems to be... Getting into good positions, just hasn't found the back of the net yet, but he did come away with a 10-pointer with the assists in this most recent game week. Almiron, unbelievable goal. If you haven't seen his first goal, go and YouTube it. One of the best goals of the season. It's going to take some topping. I think it was Bruno Gomares who got the assist for that one. So both players, I think Almiron's 5 million, Willock's about 4.9, so very cheap option. Some people might get tired of Andreas in the near future. I think he's still fine to keep as a bench pick, but if you are looking to move away and you don't already have triple Newcastle, someone like Almiron or Willock, I think, are viable options between now and the World Cup. Another midfielder added, Leandro Trossard. Very impressive hat-trick at Anfield. We know he's a good player. We've kind of always flirted with him in FPL over the last couple of seasons. Maybe this new manager will be the person to get the best out of him in terms of not just goals and assists on the pitch, but FPL points for us is what we're after. What I noticed from the highlights in that game was Trossard seemed to be a lot more central rather than on the wing or even in a wing-back position which we'd seen under Potter in recent weeks. So definitely one to keep an eye on. Fixtures are a little bit tricky for Brighton, but Trossard is certainly one to keep an eye on now and maybe even just go there. So if you're looking for a new midfielder, you know, I'm looking at Zaha this week. Trossard certainly in my thoughts now as well. His teammate Danny Welbeck joins him on the watch list. He caught the eye in those highlights as well. A couple of good chances, a couple of good saves to deny him. Again, could flourish onto the new manager. Again, there's I think there's still four, five, six better strikers in FPL at the moment. But Welbeck, like Trossard, one to keep an eye on. Aubameyang joins the watch this as well, getting his goal. But again, he needs to do a lot more, I think, before we go there with the other options that we have. Callum Wilson, good to see him back. Good to see him on the score sheet. Hit the post as well with an effort, so it could have been a brace. We just hope he can stay fit now. And when there's so many games coming thick and fast, you know there probably still will be some management of minutes with Wilson. 
what will happen when Isa comes back, how will Eddie Howe accommodate both of those players? And if he does accommodate both of those players, will that affect the likes of Almiron and Willock, who I mentioned earlier? So there's still some unknowns in that Newcastle attack when everyone is fit, but certainly good to see Wilson back as an option. And finally, Diego Costa, very impressive. I think he played about half an hour from the bench and he made a big impact. There was, I think there was a goal ruled out. There was an effort from close range, which was saved. And he, the goal which was ruled out, it was a Costa assist. So he did make a big impact. Bruno Lage mentioned after the game how great it was to finally have a striker. And then he lost his job. So we don't really know what's going to happen with Costa FPL-wise just yet. But one for the watch list at 5.5 million. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a handbrake off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone, host of Handbrake Off, the twice-weekly Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic each week. I'm joined by two of Amy Lawrence, Adrian Clark, Art De Roche and James McNicholas. What a lineup that is to talk about the best club in the Premier League. This week, join us to bask in the North London Derby glory. And let me tell you, do we bask? <laughs> yes, we do. Come back later in the week on Friday as we look ahead to another massive tussle with Liverpool and look to keep the number one firmly by our name. Search for Handbrake Off now, available wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, if you could hit follow to make sure you keep up with the best team, that's us covering the best team. That is Handbrake Off. So good, we made it twice. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Time to answer some questions from Twitter now. As always, picked out 10 of the best, which cover lots of the main talking points going into game week 10. First one is from Gianni Cave. Can you name a point at which Haaland isn't going to be captain aside from the blank game week or if he gets an injury? I don't think so. I decided a few weeks ago it was auto-captain Haaland, which has served me well the last two or three game weeks when some other people went elsewhere. For me captaincy like I said at the start it's dead now there is no captaincy in the game anymore apart from game week 12 when Manchester City don't play you just leave it on them and you just make your decisions elsewhere so basically usually we have two decisions to make a week in FPL who do we transfer in and who do we captain now we're just making transfer decisions so until there is an injury if that ever happens or again yeah really it is just an injury now I think if we're going to move away from Haaland so just auto-captain him. Don't overthink it. Southampton this weekend, you captain him in that one. You don't worry about rotation. There hasn't been any. So yeah, Haaland captain all the way until we have a very, very good reason not to go there. It could be just auto-captain for the whole season. Unbelievable numbers so far. Related question from FPL OM. Give us some tips on how to recover from not captain in Haaland. Again, like I said, there was a lot of people who went for Salah going into the game week on paper you really can't beat yourself up too much about the decision because going into the game week your reasoning there was logic behind it if you looked at any of the models going into the last game week the algorithms it was pretty close between Haaland and Salah because on paper Salah had the better fixture 
But again, it's you know Haaland's the is the better player right now. City are the better team. So for me, it wasn't again. I didn't have Salah, so it was it was easy for me to go there. And again, it's it's funny how things have happened over the last couple of game weeks. Those of us who went wild card, you know, game week seven, game week eight, the teams looked very different than wild card game week nine. I know for a fact if I didn't wild card game week eight and I did wild card in game week nine, I don't think I would have had De Bruyne. I think I would have took the opportunity to get Salah a lot of people have got rid of him and I probably would have captained him as well so don't beat yourself up it's it's a huge swing it's one of those very punishing moments in FPL we've had quite a few of them over the last two or three seasons but it's good that it happened in game week nine there's a long way to go you don't want this to happen you in game week 36 37 when you don't have time to recover so just forget about it there's nothing you can do the points are gone yes you've lost a bit of ground on many league rivals and overall rank but just dust yourself down don't panic don't overreact and just go in with a fresh head to the next game week and just start getting those points back slowly. So yeah, don't overreact. And again, just maybe reflect on it and see if there's anything you can learn from it. But I think, again, like I said, it was pretty logical to captain Salah as well. It was a very close decision in my eyes. If I owned both players, I would have been scratching my head on Friday on which way to go. So just basically the best thing to do is just try and forget about it. Maybe take a couple of days away from FPL this week. Enjoy the Champions League come back and make a sensible transfer decision this weekend or bank a transfer and Captain Haaland against Southampton and you should have a better game week this weekend. Question from FPL Kids. Is it time to ditch Mitrovic? So Mitrovic went off injured very frustratingly. He had picked up that knock on international duty so maybe it's linked to that. We don't have any details on Sunday night of how long Mitrovic is going to be out for or if he's going to be out at all hopefully he will come back and play against West Ham this weekend looking at the fixtures for Fulham it's West Ham then it's Bournemouth Aston Villa Leeds and Everton so it's pretty good even if Mitrovic was to be a doubt going into the weekend if we don't have any clear information from Silva in the press conference on Friday I think I'll just keep him and I'll probably just start him and if he doesn't start not the end of the world we've got decent bench options these days and then we really want them in 11 against Bournemouth. And most importantly, we want them in 12 against Aston Villa when we're going to be short of players because of the Arsenal and Manchester City blank. So unless we get news that it's a long-term injury or a two or three-week injury, I think we just keep him because he's still a good asset. The fixtures are there as well. So if it comes out that he is injured between now and Friday, you're probably looking at... The, it's, it's the same targets. You're probably looking at Tony, even though it's four blanks in the last five, should have scored in that game against Bournemouth and then it's usual suspects like Solanke if you want to free up cash Callum Wilson comes into the equation now as well but otherwise yeah until we know more I think Mitrovic is a hold even if he was going to miss one game week question from Matthias Amon is it still a priority to save money and transfers in order to get Trent and Salah back given Liverpool's current performances yeah again not a convincing performance they did score three goals so not a huge amount wrong with the attack, but defensively, certainly it gives you pause for concern for those of us who are considering going back to Trent in around game week 12 time, or some people got him on the wild card in game week 9 with a view to keeping him for that game week 12 as well. So there's no attacking returns there for Trent at the moment either, which is also concerning. So again, I'm not going to read too much into the, to the Brighton performance. In the back of my mind, game week 12 is still a couple of game weeks away. There's still plenty of time for Liverpool to improve between now and then. I'm not going to rule out at this time, you know, going Kevin De Bruyne to Salah 
and maybe Cancelo to Trent in game week 12. So early days, we've got a few more weeks to assess that before we need to make a decision anyway. So I still am going to keep the money aside to leave things flexible for those kind of transfers. And I think banking a transfer if you can over these next game week or two as well. If you can arrive at game week 12 with two free transfers, that would be ideal. That's my plan. I'm going to probably make one transfer this week, hopefully save a transfer in game week 11, then have the two frees plus a bit of cash in game week 12 for some flexibility, even if it means making three transfers for a minus four in game week 12. I don't mind that idea either. Question from Gaza FPL. Gaza says it's time to sell trends, so some people are just going to cut ties now. If you're selling, who are the best replacements? Again, there's not a huge amount of defenders screaming out by me at the moment. Trippier's probably up there as the best one. Very consistent returns. Fortunate with a clean sheet, but Trippier just seems to find a way this season to get points and to get bonus points as well. Reese James, I still think, is a very good option despite no clean sheet in game week 9. The Chelsea fixtures are really good between now and game week 16. So it's probably one of those two if you don't have both already. The other option if you're selling Trent is... You just downgrade someone like a Guehi or maybe even a Fafana now that he's got the start and just put your cash into midfield and attack instead. But yeah, certainly Trippier or James if you don't already own. Question from FPL Jelly. With Brighton's new attacking outlook, are attacking assets now worth a look, particularly for Nottingham Forest in Gimme 12? And are their defenders less attractive? So Brighton's fixtures, next five, Tottenham next, which is not great. Then it's Brentford. Nottingham Forest gave me 12, very attractive when we need extra bodies. But after that, Manchester City and Chelsea. So again, Brighton fixtures are tricky. The question said, with Brighton's new attack and outlook. Again, very important. It is just one game. So I always take one game with a pinch of salt. I'd like to see a bit more. So what I'm probably going to do with Brighton assets is just watch them closely again against Tottenham. Probably Brentford as well, game week 11. And then maybe they'll be part of of two transfers or three transfers in game week 12 when they play Nottingham Forest. Certainly Trossard looked brilliant. And I do think, again, it's one game of evidence, but defensively might not be as secure as they were under Graham Potter. So again, if I was forced to buy a Brighton player this week, it would be probably Trossard rather than a defender or the goalkeeper. Question from... FPL Rods, do you think it's time to drop Cancelo and triple up on the Man City attack instead? Quite a few people ask this question, actually. Foden won't get a hat-trick or start every game week, says FPL Rod, but good minutes so far this season and potentially a bargain at £8 million. Yeah, absolutely having a very good season. It's very, very clear that Foden, and has been for a few weeks now, the Phil Foden is definitely one of the first names on Pep's team sheet, especially when it's when it's a big game that you know he wants to go out and put in a big performance. So Foden's minutes, I'm not concerned by them anymore. I expect to see his name on the team sheet, you know, nine times out of ten, which you can't say for too many of the city guys. When you compare Foden and Cancelo, I still don't think there's much in it because Cancelo is obviously cheaper. He was a million cheaper at the start of the season. Points-wise, it's 49 for Foden and it's 43 for Cancelo. So just six points in the difference, about a million in price difference. So I still think both are absolutely fine. And I think it should play out pretty evenly over you know between now and the World Cup. So if you have Cancelo, I think you can just keep him. I know it was frustrating this week to get a one-pointer when, when Foden got his 19 or whatever it was, but that's not going to happen every week, and there will be weeks where Cancelo outscores Foden also. So I think whichever one you have, you probably just stick with it. In my scenario, I've got Cancelo, De Bruyne, 
and Haaland. So Haaland's obviously going nowhere. De Bruyne will probably go for game week 12. So that opens the door for Foden. So I think long term I might end up on Concello, Foden and Haaland. You know, Foden replacing De Bruyne, which frees up cash. And you can, you know, put that cash elsewhere in your squad. So yeah, I think... If I was on a wild card this week, for example, I, I'm very loyal to Cancelo, so I'd probably keep him. I would probably go Cancelo, Foden, Haaland, and then use the four million plus that you save by not going for De Bruyne. But again, I think a triple up of Foden, De Bruyne, and Haaland is very exciting as well. It doesn't necessarily have to be that three. You could go Haaland, Foden, and even someone like a Bernardo Silva is offering a lot of value at the moment as well at around seven million. So there's quite a lot of different paths you can take now with your Manchester City triple up. But again, got to keep in mind they do have that blank in game week twelve that we need to navigate. Next question comes in from Nuclear Adams: Should I transfer in Foden or De Bruyne to replace Salah? So again, if you were a Salah owner, Salah captainer in game week nine, you might want to get rid of him now because it's Arsenal next and Manchester City, which is not easy. I can understand why you might want to get rid of him. If you are set on getting a Manchester City midfielder, again, do remember they have the blank in game week 12. So it doesn't make a huge amount of sense to get a City attacker in for Salah when Salah's got three games in the next three game weeks when the City guys only have two but it might be your plan to get a City player now and then maybe go back to Salah or even drop down to a Luis Diaz or something around game week 12 time so just keep that in mind as well some people will just knee-jerk Salah out for a City midfielder and forget that City don't play in game week 12 but again Southampton at home alone could make up for that blank game week if I was getting a Foden or a De Bruyne this week again it's Looking at it over the course of the whole season, you know, you've got to be careful. It's always dangerous to just focus on one game week. And obviously the answer there is you would just get Foden on recent information. But even looking at it over the season, now there's only four points difference between De Bruyne and Foden. I think De Bruyne is, is four points ahead, but there's a 4.3 million price difference. That's basically a Mark Gahey. You can get a Foden and a Gahey for the same price as you can get a Kevin De Bruyne. So I think that says it all on current information. Foden is a brilliant pick this season. He's looking like a better pick than he has been maybe in previous seasons. So hopefully he does keep it going because he's, he's a fantastic price. And if he does keep it going like this, he's certainly going to be probably a 10 million player or even more next season. So it's good to have more options from the Manchester City midfield. So yeah, I do think Foden plus the cash saving is the way I would go now. Question from Puma to Hoya. At this rate, is it worth it to just hold all of our Arsenal and City players as long as possible and then possibly free hit in game week 12? So I can understand where this question is coming from because Arsenal are top of the league. City are steamrolling teams. So it feels wrong to sell the likes of Jesus, Foden, Cancelo, Martinelli just because they don't play in game week 12. There's a related question here as well, so I'm going to add it in and answer the both together from Sean Saunders. As we get near game week 12, how many City and Arsenal players should we keep? Uh, Sean, like myself, has five and doesn't want to lose any of them. Is it worth just playing with them until game week 12? And then even in game week 12, only fielding maybe eight or nine players. So the, the more the game weeks go on, I don't mind the idea of just keeping maybe one or two more than you would have especially when City have got fixtures like Southampton at home. You really don't want to sell any City players before that. Arsenal are just looking really, really good this season, much better than they have done in previous seasons. 
they look, you know, Jesus, I saw them a couple of games ago and, and both games since, he's looked brilliant, he's got points and could have had even more points. It's uh, it's an uncomfortable watch, watching Arsenal now, when you've sold Jesus, such a good sign and, and just, just looks like getting goals every every time he plays and he's, he's been very creative there as well. So on the free hit idea in 12, I don't really like that because free hit to me is probably the most powerful chip you have after the wild card. So later in the season, particularly in the second half of the season, like I've mentioned a few times, you'll have blank game weeks to navigate where there's only three or four fixtures. You'll have double game weeks. We could have a double game week the whole game week seven that we missed out on because of the postponement, there's a chance that that could go into one game week and we could have 20 matches. So that could be a week for a free hit, for example. So I wouldn't, I would get through game week 12 without using your free hit because I think it will be a lot more useful at a later point in the season. In terms of keeping your City and Arsenal players, I still think I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose Saka this week, I think. I'm going to keep Martinelli, I'm going to keep Haaland, and then De Bruyne probably will go. And then it's a case of, do I sell Cancelo as well? Or do I just you know keep him, even if it means only playing 10 players in game week 12? Which, again, like I said, I'm, I don't hate the idea of that because you don't want to sell these guys and miss out on their points in game week 10 and game week 11 beforehand. So, yeah, you've got to weigh it up. And there's different ways you can approach this and just go with what, what feels right to you. You can hold them and play with you know one or two less in game week 12. Or you can continue the you know initial plan of slowly offloading them this game week and over the next two game weeks. Game week 10 captaincy now. Captain Haaland, end of captaincy discussion. Game week 10 transfer options. Option one is always, can I save a transfer? Option two, the initial plan, Saka to Zaha. I think that's my most likely move on Sunday night, but I won't be making any moves until after the Champions League games. Most likely won't make my transfer until Friday night when we have all the press conference information. Trossard's in my thoughts, but again, don't really like those fixtures on paper for Brighton. Jared Bowen on the watch list is an option also now that he's hopefully got a bit more confidence, having got his first goal of the season. But again, if I went sack it to Bowen, it doesn't leave much cash for those Game Week 12 transfers. So again, most likely going to stick to the plan of Saka to Zaha and then hopefully banking a transfer in Game Week 11. The other option then, if Mitrovic has issues that we need to deal with, I think my most likely move would be, let's say Mitrovic gets ruled out for four weeks, I'd probably free up cash and do something like Mitrovic to Solanke, give Saka one more game, and then that's where I'm running into issues of not having 11 players for that blank game week. So I need to keep all that in mind. Again, ideally, if Mitrovic is going to be out, I'll just bench him and hopefully he'll be back for game week 11 or failing that game week 12 when we need him. Have a great week, folks. Enjoy the Champions League and I'll talk to you again on Friday. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to support me as a full-time FPL content creator, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL general where you'll get extra podcasts this week, a Thursday night live stream and a team reveal before each deadline. Talk to you soon, folks. The Athletic.